Welcome to the Mother Forkin' Podcast. Mother Podcast. Where we feed you some real shit on parenting. Hi, Celeste. Hey, Megan. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Feeling good. good. Feeling good. Looking good. Feeling very pregnant. Yeah. It's the norm. <laughs> um, so really excited, but also it's like bittersweet um, because today we're talking about childhood care, uh, excuse me, childhood cancer awareness yep. month. That's what September is. Um, and we're bringing on my friend Jess, who's now almost one year old, um, has cancer or actually he's I guess in the process in the in treatment treatment. there we go um but we'll hear from my friend Jess who uh is gonna explain all that and bring us through the process of you know when they found out how they found out what it meant for their new normal of their lives how she's coping and dealing with it Mm -hmm. day to day yeah, but before we jump into that, we kind of wanted to go over some statistics. Uh, so currently, I am a volunteer event organizer, aka VEO, for um, this event called St. Baldrick's Tech Conquers Kids Cancer, and we're having it at, at my company's um, campus in Palo Alto, California. And it's a head shaving event or hair cutting event, and it's a fundraising event that oh, raises awesome. money for, yeah, childhood cancer awareness and the researchers that, you know, tr- are trying to create this smart pill. So uh, globally, 300,000 children are diagnosed with cancer every year. That's every two minutes. Oh, man. Every two minutes. Super and we've been talking for two minutes. Yeah. So just put that into perspective. That's um, in the U.S., more children die of childhood cancer than any other disease. That's AIDS, asthma, cystic fibrosis, congenital anomalies, and diabetes combined. Man, that's super sad. Right? Uh, one in five children diagnosed in the U.S. and Canada won't survive, and two out of the three survivors will experience these long-term effects like hearing loss, secondary cancers, vision loss, learning disabilities, and infertility. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is nuts. It is. So just wanted to um, open that up, let you know, just again, raise awareness about this because we like to do that on this podcast, let everybody know what's going on. Um, And again, a big reason why we have Jess on to talk about her son, Landon. So let's get started on that. So Jess, hi, welcome. Um, You know me. So why don't you tell everybody how you, how we met? Yeah. How you guys know each other? Absolutely. Well, first, I just want to say I'm honored that you reached out to me. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, But I actually know Megan because she uh, dated one of my high school friends. (laughs) And then a friend and I decided to take a trip to Maine, um, where he played football. And they were both at school there. And so I met her on one crazy weekend there. And we just stayed (laughs) friends ever since that sounds awesome (laughs) yeah it was uh, and it was also very drunken filled nights so (laughs) yes it's great to say the least I guess oh pre-kids right (laughs) uh so tell us a bit about yourself Jess your background your family how many kids you have all that okay um so I'm from Rochester New York I've been to three other places. Um, I lived with my parents in Albany 
um, New York for six years. Uh, there were some spurts of other places in there in between. Um, but the biggest reason I moved in with them is because my mom was diagnosed. Well, my mom had rheumatoid arthritis Mm -hmm. and she was taking Humira to help with that. And one of the side effects of Humira is it can cause lymphoma. Mm -hmm. And my mom is one of the crazy statistics and got lymphoma from Humira. Um, Yeah. So I was living there helping um, and kind of just like living life with my mom, you know, just not taking life for granted. She got it and beat it and then it just kept coming back she got it two more times um so she uh passed november of 2017 um and of course the funeral was held in rochester and then i ran into my old high school boyfriend who i've stayed friends with on and off through this our whole lifetime since we dated um and so we kind of just hit it off again. And I was like, well, looks like I'm Rochester bound again. <laughs> That's um, awesome. <laughs> even though I said I would never move back, he got me to move back. Awesome. Um, I do have a daughter, Lena, who's about to be four in November. And then Landon was born October 7th. So we have a first birthday. Coming. Oh, yay. Oh. How exciting. Yes. And obviously different... Um, fathers lena's dad is in texas but she still rocks out with daddy scott that's awesome yeah so um as you said september is childhood cancer awareness month and again we think it's really important to bring awareness to people about certain topics especially this one um and then not only that, but cancer in some way or another, people are affected by it, whether that's indirectly or Mm -hmm. directly. Um, But of course, childhood cancer is way different um, in the sense that many adult cancers can be diagnosed early. And 80% of kids' cancer has already spread to other areas of the body by the time it's diagnosed. Um, Again, just a bunch of different statistics that we'll share later, but we want to really chat with you about this. So can you uh, bring us through the first moments of when you discovered that something wasn't quite right with Landon and and let us know, too, how old he was when this all happened? Yep. Um, So it was like December, January time, of course, flu, RSV, and in New York, it's just full force. There's really no avoiding it unless you truly lock down in your house and don't send your kids to daycare, which I would be in a straight jacket if I didn't send Lena to daycare. So that wasn't <laughs> happening. Um, so um, Landon was getting sick on and off. Uh, and then he was spiking really high fevers. And we were kind of concerned. So I took him in. They didn't even swab him for flu or RSV. They just told me it was viral and sent me home. And then he spiked really high that night. I think it was like 103 or 104. And he was only three months old at the time. So that's quite high or two or three months old. Um, Yes. So I went back the next day and I demanded, I was that mother. I demanded he be swabbed for flu and RSV. And when we were in there, they noticed uh, on his nostrils, 
the doctor, the pediatrician said she felt a little like growth and she just wanted us to get it checked out by, um, oh, why am I forgetting the name? It's okay. Uh, by the other, I'm trying to think, yeah. ENT. Um, and she wanted them to just take a look into it. She didn't think it was anything concerning and yada, yada. Well, when I called, I didn't get the appointment until February. And they, I called them back and said, look, they're telling me February. So they called and got it for us that Friday of that week. Um, so this is now in like beginning of January. And this is January 2019 and- at this point. Yes. Yeah. This year. So, um, we go in, they try to put him on antibiotics and I'm like, yeah, antibiotics is, it's not going to do anything. So I was supposed to keep him on it for 10 days. Well, after five days, nothing was changing and the growth or the spot was growing and it was on his right nostril. So initially I couldn't even see it, but apparently dad noticed that his outer wall of the one side of his nostril looked like it was like being pushed and so once he pointed that out to me I was like oh my god and then I also feel like this horrible mother because I didn't check my kid over four times before he went to bed and notice it type thing um but so I'm glad the doctor pointed it out Scott had seen it and we were all on board with trying to get it fixed so the antibiotics didn't work Then they thought it was just a clog in his tear duct. Um, So we had an appointment with some other doctor's specialty. I don't even know. But then it didn't even end up getting there because they did a ultrasound. And from there, like, it was a week. Then we immediately went in for an MRI. And that was, the MRI was Monday. They called me Tuesday, which is, I feel like is never good after an MRI, and asked for me to come in for a CT scan on Wednesday, and his surgery would immediately be wow. Friday. Yeah. So, you, so, so at this point, though, you didn't hear the word cancer or anything. You just knew that it was more serious. than a clogged duct or anything like that. Well, they did say that it was they thought it was a benign tumor. Okay. Which still means that it's right. No cancer. Okay. Yes. But so from my past with my mom, I of course am like PTSD and picking up on things from her experience that if I hadn't had, maybe I wouldn't have picked up on. Um, but it was just very strange for me to have that MRI and then immediately go to a CT scan. Like to me, that's saying there's something more serious than a benign tumor. Um, And then it's funny, but pets pick up on Mm -hmm. things. And our dog, Max, who's a Roddy, um, when my mom passed would, or got initially diagnosed, would not leave her side. And he, I mean, he was always a very loving dog, but that was just like, something new for him so for Landon Buster would which is our little French bulldog would try to like lay on him basically like just so something was just making me feel the same feels and have the same memories of my mother 
Um, so we go in for the surgery and they tell us it's going to be three hours. Um, so of course I'm just shaking the whole entire time. I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, and for some reason in my gut, I just, I was praying it was benign, but I, I almost knew I was going to hear the words that it wasn't. Um, and dad super positive. He's like, okay, we'll get this out and everything will be fine. And he's the total opposite of me when it comes to that. I worry and think of all the bad case scenarios. Um, so he of course was with me and we were just like waiting and then they called and my heart immediately dropped and they said, everything's going great. And I was like, Christ almighty, (laughs) Can you give me warning that like you're going to give me a call halfway through telling me things are great? <laughs> um, <laughs> so warning, if you ever have to have surgery with your child, they may do that. Um, so they did that one other time. And then the doctor comes out. And of course, it was like a minute after Scott was like, I'm going to go stretch my legs. Because like I said, it's been three hours now. So he was just like, I'm going to go walk around the the floor. And I was like, okay, whatever. So all of a sudden the doctor comes out and he's like, where's your husband? Which side note, he's not my husband. He's my baby daddy, but whatever. So I was like, he's walking. What's wrong? He was like, let's just call him. And I was like, okay. So I'm trying to call him. Of course, Scott's not answering. So then I, he was like, we just, we need to get him in here. And I looked at him and I was like, the surgery went well, right? You got everything. And he was like, yeah, we got, we got everything. It went well. And he was like, we just need to get your husband back in here. And I was like, okay. So I tried, wasn't answering. So I looked at the doctor and he just had this look of like sadness on his face. And I just said, it's cancer, isn't it? And he said yes and I just broke down in the waiting room of the children's hospital um because I don't think he expected to tell me there um but he took me into a private room then I got Scott on the phone and Scott walks in and I didn't tell him what was wrong I just said get your ass back here now so he walks into the room and he sees the same look on the doctor's face. And then he also sees me now bawling and he goes, Oh my God, did he die? Thinking something crazy happened mm-hmm. on the table and he passed on the table. Um, and I just screamed it's cancer. And we went from there. Wow, wow dude. That's wow. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine or fathom, especially given your history with your mom. Um, and the fact that Landon is your child and he's so young too. Yeah. He was four months old. So, um, so, um, yeah. So I kind of wanted to ask, um, like what, what happened from then on? Like, were the doctors kind of like guiding you to the next step or, you know, how, what statistics were they yeah, throwing like, your way? Were they were they just like, okay, this is where we, what next steps? Or I don't, like, what were the, I guess, what were the next steps for you at that point? Right. So then we were 
admitted into the hospital um, and into the child's, the actual child's portion and on the Hemonk oncology floor. Um, and then it, it was a whirlwind. We had a million doctors coming mm-hmm. in and the oncology team and we initially met them and then they're throwing out these possible cancers that they think it is. Now, one thing I've learned with my mom is do not Google. Google is the devil. Um, And I asked any family member who did Google these cancers that I was telling them that it possibly was to not tell me anything. Um, That, and honestly, that saved me because some of the ones they were throwing out were pretty scary. If you Googled like rhabdomyosarcoma um, and neuroblastoma, was the other one um they don't really give statistics unless you ask and Scott and I both talked to each other about that and we said we didn't want to know like we just want to go in with the mindset of we're going to fight this we're going to beat this instead of being like well he only has a 20% chance we felt we would stay more positive as parents if we just didn't know and gave it gave it our all yeah. And, and so ugh, I just, I'm sorry. I can't, I am having such a hard time uh, wrapping my head around this whole experience for you and trying to even place myself in your shoes and just be there. So did all this happen in Rochester or is this, cause I know following your journey too, you ended up in Boston, right? At some point. Yep. So they couldn't diagnose us and they couldn't figure out what it was sending the tumor all over to be tested. And finally, our oncologist, who we love, we cannot rave enough about, um, said he had a good connection in Boston, and they are very well known with dealing with sarcomas, which we knew Landon had some sort of sarcoma. We just didn't know which one. Um, And sarcoma is just a soft tissue cell cancer. Um, so we, we were like, yeah, we're going to go to Boston. Like, okay, let's go there. Now I say most doctors don't give you statistics, but this doctor in Boston, and I, I appreciate the fact that she did do this, but the one, uh, cancer they actually thought it was, she straight up told us like, there's a, a, your son has a very little chance of living if it's this cancer um and she was like I just want you to be prepared if that's what we discover it is um so obviously after that trip my wine intake went up smidge Um, (laughs) (laughs) and I I mean like I said we didn't want to know statistics but at the same time like if that was the case, I was glad she didn't sh- try to sugarcoat it and tell me. He's yeah. Be fine yeah. Too. And I feel like that's what I'd want to like, just I'm a straight shooter. Just give it to me straight. Don't beat around the bush and just tell me exactly how it is. So I can exactly. know exactly what's going on. So do you mind telling us? Cause I know that you guys chose the route of staying positive, which is amazing. What were some of the things you guys did? Like as far as like educating yourself, since you aren't really looking for statistics or, what was something like the process that, you know, what did the process look like for you guys? Um, 
so Scott has a ton of family members that are in the medical field. And uh, we actually switched Landon's pediatrician once we found out it was cancer to his cousin's husband, um, who is a very um, well-known pediatrician in the area. And we just felt more comfortable in that he would explain things and be at our beck and call 24 seven. Um, so we were very thankful for that. And his, uh, the pediatrician's wife, who is actually Scott's cousin is, was a PICU nurse for 10 years. So she has a ton of experience as well. And when I say she's literally on speed dial every day at the top two of my text messages, it's true. Like, there, I have about 10 questions a day for her about simple things like he he coughed this way. Like cancer just makes you think that every normal thing that would be for a baby is something that you're like on edge. Um, yeah. So I text her all day, every day. And like I said, I try not to Google because I personally don't really know the medical field and things like that. And I, I haven't been in it. So it would be hard for me to know what to believe and know what not to believe. Um, So I just use our family resources and trust them. And I have our oncologist. I also text him like if there's a major problem, we have that relationship where I can text him and he'll call me or things like that. That is so awesome that you have that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, so what's become your, your new normal since all that? I mean, obviously it's filled with hospital visits and I see, so you, you are on uh caring bridge, which caring bridge is a site that if you're you, your family or someone is going through something, you can uh, use that as like a place to update everyone. So you're, um, I'm subscribed to that and I'm always reading your updates and I notice along the way. Um, what is this called? I didn't know oh, about this. That's yeah. Cool. What is it? Mm-hmm. Caringbridge.com. Or, That's awesome. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. I have the app. <laughs> That's neat. Yeah. So if anyone. Yeah. So our new normal is I can't make plans. Um, mm-hmm. I live life day to day not because um I'm scared and that's just how it's just truly is like how I have to do things Mm -hmm. like today I didn't think I was going into the hospital but we ended up there because um Landon's blood grew a bacteria from when we were just admitted over the weekend so I mean I I can't make plans and I just have to go with the flow and not get worked up about it and just know that this is part of the journey. It's not, it doesn't mean anything severely wrong with him. It's just our new normal. Mm-hmm. And now, I'm, so are you working or are you kind of putting that all on pause right now? And yeah, to be with your kids. Yeah. So I, um, right after Landon had started a new position working from home, which I loved. And then when we found out, I was trying to balance working from home still and being a full-time cancer mom. Mm -hmm. And it just, 
my anxiety was through the roof and my employer is amazing. And they just said, Nope, you need to focus on Landon. Don't even worry about us. Just focus on Landon and come back when you can. Wow. Um, That is awesome. Yes. So I've been very blessed in that aspect that I just truly focus on him and, and obviously Lena and the rest of our family, but they have my full attention. Good. That's so cool. And speaking of Lena, you said she's about to be four. So yes. does she understand what's going on? Have you explained to her? I mean, I'm sure you have, but like, does she, can she grasp it at all? Or does she tell us about that aspect of it? So it's hard because I don't want to tell her that brother has the same thing that Gigi, oh, which is what we called my mom, yeah. because I don't want her to think brother's going to go away and never come back and go to heaven. Yeah. Um, so I haven't told her that he has what Gigi has, but I do say he's very sick. Um, and he has the Broviac, which is a central line. And it's not a port where they have to like access with a needle every time. This is actually a line coming out of his body. So it's a better visual for her to understand like, okay, he is sick. Like he has this and I cannot rave about the social work in the hospital enough. They have so many programs and reach out and get everyone in the family educated and on board like they have um child life which just like makes sure Landon is staying active and has toys and everything like that in the hospital too they have another child care that comes out to the house and actually educates Lena and so on a couple of her baby dolls they put on a line and so when I'm flushing Landon which means I'm pushing um just sailing through his line to make sure we don't get a clog. She can do the same on her baby doll. So she doesn't feel left out. I love that. That, Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, um, so sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're, you can finish. Um, so it's just been, I mean, she knows he's sick and she has been since flu season ended early May or end of April, she's been able to come to the hospital now. So she sees the pump and she'll be like, is brother getting chemo? Like she knows the words. I don't know if she truly understands Mm it. Um, But when we were diagnosed, she was my second main concern because I know Landon won't remember this, but I know she will, and I don't want her to be traumatized from any of it. So she's been in um, music therapy. So we do that once a week, that. and she responds so well to it. That That is I, amazing. You guys are yeah. working it out and doing amazing as a family. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. That is really cool. Um, I was going to ask you, so how do you, how do you stay strong for your babies? Like, especially, you know... Landon and and, well, and, and Lena. Lena. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, coffee and wine. <laughs> yes, we love that. <laughs> a good answer. <laughs> um, so I, as soon as this all started back up, I uh, immediately reached out to a therapist about starting therapy. Um, and I'm a huge advocate. I believe in therapy. I think it's great for. W- 
just everyday life. You don't have to have a huge trauma mm-hmm. or anything you're going through just helps you. Um, but I really wasn't jiving with that therapist. So since then, I'm, I've been looking for a more full-time therapist, but it's hard. Like if you don't jive with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, the our county has CURE. Um, and they help with childhood cancer and they reach out and they, every admission are in my room and they just talk to me. And these are mothers who have had children who have had cancer and they've been there and they know what it's like. And their conversation to me is more therapeutic than it was going to my therapist. Um, yeah, cause they're in your shoes. So, Yes. I mean, cause they, they understand your stress and your worries and they've been there. So I do that. Um, and like I said, truly I need my glass or two <laughs> of wine a night. And I mean, let's be honest, it's basically a bottle cause who can, <laughs> right? Who glasses? I'm right there with you. <laughs> oh, God, I need to just own a winery. Um, right? but that's, that's truly what I, I have no other option or choice. I feel like as mothers, we do whatever we have to do for our children. Yeah. So day by day, that's awesome. But okay. So uh, fair. I get that. Uh, however, what are you doing for yourself? How are you True. taking care of you, mama? I know. Besides, struggling besides the wine and the coffee. <laughs> I know. And I used to love working out and now I just, I'm finding a hard time getting my, my drive. I mean, it's, I'll, I have a Peloton and I'll hop on it two or three times a week. And then it's like, oh, I'm admitted into the hospital unexpectedly. And then there goes my mojo. So I've been in a funk. It's kind of hard, but I mean, I take naps when Landon does. That's my biggest thing. Cause I'm like, I'm more sleep deprived and it might not even be sleep deprivation. It's just a sign of my depression, maybe, um, that I'm just napping when I can and just honestly trudging through as best as I can. So where, where are you guys currently at with Landon's, uh, treatment and like how much further does he have to go? I thought maybe at one point I read he was cancer free. Did I, am I making that up or did I dream it? Nope. That is true. So we had our second surgery and all the scans came back and the testing of the scrapage and it came back cancer free. There's absolutely no cells, no active cells, nothing that even makes them believe that there's cancer left in his body. That is awesome. So how long ago was this? Yeah. Like this was July, July. So a couple months ago. Um, Okay. So, and I don't understand uh, this, but why do they have to continue with chemo? So you never want to do the what if with cancer. Um, And his roadmap says that even after surgery or radiation, because based on his cancer map, kids either have surgery or if they're old enough, they'll do radiation. Um, but he wasn't old enough and we decided that surgery was the best route for him. And so his roadmap says he had 11 more chemotherapies after 
that second surgery. So we are, we have officially finished three of those 11. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So then once you guys are done with these 11, then, then what? It's just kind of monitoring from there. So then it is every three months for two years, we go in for scans and not just, um, like MRI CT, but he also needs echocardiograms because the chemo he's getting can affect his heart. Um, so they need to just monitor that as well. I don't think the echocardiogram will be every three months once we're done, Mm -hmm. but I definitely think it would be a yearly. And then after those two years, we go to every six months for two years. And then you go to every year, you just get updated scans and you're considered fully free after five years if nothing comes back. Wow. No kidding. I did want to ask you a question. Um, going back to saying that you found a lot of support in uh, mothers that were going through similar situation as you, um, what, mm-hmm. what would you say for a, a mom friend that has no idea about cancer? Like, um, is there certain things that you need to watch out for? Like, or can they not visit or, you know, how are playdates or is that even possible? Cause I know I had friends that had kids with cancer and, and it was like no germs and no anything. So how does that, you know, work out? It is hard because Scott and I are very social. Uh, Scott more so than I. Wow. Um, but really? I <laughs> that's know. really social then. <laughs> well, that's because I would just prefer Netflix, my couch, and wine. This is true. Me night. too. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I can be in sweatpants. Why do I want to go right. out? That's how you charge oh. up. <laughs> right? Unwinding. So, right. Um, so... It, it's hard for us because we have a bunch of friends and they have kids and I just immediately made a sign and there was no confusion, no hard feelings because I just said, this is what it is. Like you need to have all your immunizations. You need to have your flu shot. And the fact that we were diagnosed in like the middle of flu season made it easier to just be like no kids whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And now that summer's come around, um, because let's ad- admit kids are little germ balls, even Lena. So in the winter, she would come home. I would make her immediately change her. We would immediately take a bath because she gets all those germs at daycare. Mm-hmm. So now that summer's rolled around, those aren't really a problem, but we're going back into flu season. So it's back into that. Whereas like open air. So if we were at a low key picnic with friends and Landon's numbers are okay, um, that would be fine. Like, but just no one can touch him. still. Wow. Okay. So it's hard on family members, play dates, because also you see a baby, you kind of want to snuggle them. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's got to be tough for you. Uh, And then going on the opposite end, what were some things that you wish you kind of didn't hear from people so often that don't understand cancer much? Like, you you know, because it's like for someone that doesn't unsolicited advice. Yeah, exactly. So when everyone always tells me, oh, you're so strong, you're so strong. Now, I'm not saying like, uh, don't, I'm appreciative of it. But at the same time, I'm like, any mom in my shoes would do what I do. Oops, you, that so, was me. <laughs> I totally did. And I, got I that still love on. you. 
you gave me that response. I remember it, but you are though, dude, you have, you have to know that, right? I mean, I do know that, but that's, and it is good to hear, but at the same time, it's like, I know if you were in my shoes, Megan, you would be just as strong. You're right. So what are some things um, you wish that like are helpful for you, for for example, other than saying things like that? Because I was kind of looking um, and reading for some advice that, you know, you can do is just step up, I guess, or like offer to give rides or things like that. What do you appreciate the most from friends to, you know, because we just want to say, like, keep it up. You're doing amazing. We're here for you. Right. So I. I mean, keep it up. Like you're doing a great job to me that that's fine. Um, we, I don't know. Bring some wine over. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Send a case over, not just one bottle. Okay. Let's do me a favor. There you go. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, it's simple things like that, or I'm stuck at the hospital. Can you grab Lena or, you know, like things like, or, actually ask Lena over for play dates with your kid because she's not getting a lot of mommy, you know, yeah. like attention. So this is good for her type thing. I love that. Okay. So that's good. So kind of offering in ways to help you with your everyday routine. Right. Or even, Hey, I ordered. So actually Scott's family ordered us and I don't know if y'all have this in Texas Instacart. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Love that. So they gave us the yearly subscription <laughs> as like our gift, That's... which has been amazing because I can't go to the grocery store yeah. with Landon, you know, like I'm home all day, but how am I supposed to get there? That is a fabulous gift. That is. I think I knew wow. that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I do it anyway. I'm like online shopping. No, well, they'll deliver it for you. I yeah I know but we and oh, I've do. delivered like gro- groceries to her house. Oh, okay, that's but, awesome. I mean, it's tough being a mom, man. Yeah, <laughs> it is. How are you sp- especially two humans? Yeah, right? How are you supposed to juggle them? Yeah, mm-hmm. and Celeste will soon find out how that feels because she's due in yeah, November. I'm joining the the, the club. <laughs> so, Congratulations! Thanks. I'll be right there with you guys, juggling two little ones. <laughs> Um, so could you tell us uh, what advice would you give people in your similar situation like I mean I know you you're doing so but like what's the number one or few things that you're just you'd love to just say like for people in your situation right now or just now experiencing or finding out you know that their kid that their kid has has childhood cancer yeah just stay positive um, because kids pick up on your vibes. And if you, for a second, go to negativity town, they're going to pick up on it. And that is one thing that even the nurses rave about Scott and I is that we just go with the flow and we stay positive. And you can tell just by Landon that he's the same way. Like he's, you know, he just does whatever he has to do and giggles along the way um I mean that makes sense you know that's like anything applied to anything in life just you got to stay positive because the more negativity breeds negativity and the more and especially if you're around your child who's going through this he's going to feed off of that your kids do anyway so I think that's awesome that you guys have such a great um outlook and yeah attitude that's that's awesome um I still feel really shitty that you especially you of all people um are going through this because it's just a shitty 
fucking thing to be dealing with and it shouldn't even I just I don't get it I will never be able to understand especially with children why this happens um right but so how are you currently how are you feeling um about everything and I mean I know you said you have a positive outlook but currently with with the um uh position that Landon's in how are you feeling so it's hard because like you said I have my positive outlook but we get a random admittance because he's has a fever and he has low numbers and it's hard not to think he doesn't have some sort of infection or so my mom actually passed of sepsis which is an infection of your whole body and so it I definitely have PTSD from that where I'm just he can still get some random cold or anything and it can land us in the pick you um and it won't necessarily be the cancer that takes him or even the chemotherapy down the line um you know destroys his organs and he's very he's more likely to get another cancer though when he gets older and that freaks me out too um, and I'm I'm actually well, glad that you brought that up because uh, so I I don't oh well you know because I'm honoring Landon um, so St Baldrick's is something that is a childhood cancer um, awareness research and they raise funds for childhood cancer research there we go and um, I'm a volunteer event organizer of the event that we're having at our company this year and um Landon is one of the kids that I'm honoring so I reached out to you about it and you were like yes totally I'm on board with that that's awesome so looking at the research for St. Baldrick's they're saying that a lot of times with these the chemotherapy that these kids go through later on in life it affects their they have like infertility uh-oh coming up so they've obviously spoken with you about that and that's something that's concerning you yes um because first of all you have a four-month-old and you hear like he's he's probably gonna be sterile and you're like wait what like I just gave birth to this baby and I don't want grandbabies anytime soon but my head goes there like wait excuse me? Yeah. Um, so that was hard on top of, okay, we're giving him this chemotherapy, but we also have to give him this drug because it can, the chemotherapy we're giving him can destroy his kidneys and his bladder. So this drug helps protect that, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean it's a hundred percent protecting it. It mean, he can still have damage down the road. And like I said, the echocardiogram, because it affects his heart and all these things are just scary that yes, we're giving him chemo to save his life, but those are very pediatric chemo is actually stronger than most adult chemo. That's Um, crazy. Yeah. And it's beyond scary that I'm giving him something to save his life, but down the line it might take his life. And so it's, it's interesting because St. Baldrick's they have, um, 
this is what they're actually raising all this money for to go toward these researchers who have all these brilliant ideas to change the course of this stuff from happening. Um, they want to implement smart medicines that target only the cancer and doesn't poison the rest of the body like most chemo uh, therapies do. So um, that's why I am very impressed with St. Baldrick's and like I said, the research that goes into it. So if we can just make that happen one day, that would be amazing because then the two out of three survivors that that you know come out of this and uh, survive the cancer, they won't experience these long-term effects that they currently are, which like I said, is hearing loss, vision, um, and then these secondary cancers. And then like you said, being sterile, that's, that's insane to me. Yeah. Right. Wow. I mean, the, the secondary cancer right. alone, like I'd, I'd, we've been through it once. Why are we going to go? Don't make us exactly. Go yeah. Huh. Um, do you have any other words, um, either of advice or anything else that you want to share as far as um, just keeping people aware about childhood cancer? Um, so even just helping us, uh, Landon and his buddies always need platelets and blood so you can donate those regularly. There's always shortages. Um, you can go to be the match.org and that actually takes your, a sample of your, you just do a cheek swab, but it's able to donate your bone marrow Mm -hmm. to someone that needs it. Um, so it's great to get on that registry. Um, what was the website again? You cut out. Yep. Be the match.org. Okay. Okay. Awesome. We'll put that so on. You our said it was site. a swab and then also doing uh, platelets or what was it? Yep. So the be the match is just, you do a cheek swab and that is for bone marrow donation. So you go on the registry and if there is a child that finds a match they give you a call and ask if you're still interested and then you would go in and get your bone marrow um retracted and you donate that's awesome okay cool good to know appreciate it yeah all right jess well we really appreciate you uh being on and talking with us about this and 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 yeah very yeah such a hard topic to talk about Mm -hmm. so thank you for that we hope you guys learned something new, whether it's, you know, you're going through it yourself or you know someone, how to give support, how to be there. Uh, and then that was pretty interesting on how you can play a part without really, I mean, you can donate and then you could even donate your own. Donate blood, yeah, platelets, yeah. bone marrow, bone marrow through bethematch.org. Um, again, thank you guys for, for tuning in. All right. We'll see you in the next episode. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you.